live. Hey, it's not Cardinal Cast today. It's well, the Mike Sandstrom it's Show. It's the Mike Sandstrom Show. Get excited. Everyone get excited. We're bringing him to you live. This is the... Mr. Sandstrom, are you so excited Sandstrom. to be here? You look a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Self-promotion. <laughs> I could sit here and talk to you guys about... <laughs> You or some some other students or something, but I don't like talking about myself. So. I want to talk about you today. Well, geez, that makes me nervous <laughs> just thinking about it. Mr. Mac knows this is sort of a an issue, but no, <laughs> I, it'll be nice being here. Yeah, and you've never said no to me, but um, truth be told, I do know that Mike's never one to tout himself. So every time there's a, uh, an, uh, obviously there's been several different uh, recognitions here recently in the last year. Another one yesterday that we'll talk about, because I don't rem know if I remember the name of that one. Um, but it's always fun for me that I right away I hit social media and I post it and I throw pictures and I hit it hard because I know it bothers you. But it promotes the school. I've told you that. I nearly, uh, last week when the National History Day uh, email came in, I almost emailed uh, <laughs> Mrs. Meyer and you to say, would we please not uh, promote this to the same level? I just, and instead, of course, uh, Mrs. Meyer sends it to the whole staff. Mr. McLean <laughs> jumps in with his uh, little two I cents. Know. And, uh, but I do appreciate it. And if yeah. uh, many teachers are doing a lot more important, better work than myself, and yeah. it just doesn't always get praised. And so, uh, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to get awards like this, but right. uh, usually the real teachings, you know, staying after school, working with people. And so if I can do anything to promote what we're doing overall, yeah. then I do appreciate that. Well, it's one of the two things I want to talk about today, or the, the reason why you're here today. And, and one is to get the background of, of, of all of the fellowships, the different grants, the things you have done that really put your name out there, um, which brought a lot of learning and stuff to our classrooms. So that's one thing we want to talk about. And the second one, I just want to talk about, how does it feel to be the most decorated teacher of CHS? I mean, what is it like walking the halls? I saw a teacher, wasn't Ewing bowing at your feet the other You're day? You're glowing. I mean, I know I'm the one who's pregnant here, but you're the one who's glowing. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's kind of a gold aura. Well-deserved gold aura, by the way. Yeah. What are we supposed to attack first out of that? <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there with the two. Uh, uh, can we go with the second one first? Because that's the, the lighter do it. lifting. Hey, All I'm saying is I walked out and saw we had teachers bowing at your feet in the hall. True or false? True. I, I, you know, I he didn't say false. He didn't I, say false. I, I tend to think there must have been a degree of mockery in the... In the oh, in no. The, so what I notice yeah. is... You know, it's it's great to receive these things, but when I walk around the the school, I probably would put myself in the anywhere from the ten to twenty fifth best teacher in yep. that area. Yep. So I, uh, <laughs> I I usually genuinely believe that when I go in to Mrs. Lanfear and see her yeah. buzzing around, I think you know there's yeah. just not awards for the the buzziest English teacher yep. you know of all times. So I really think that uh, people are doing great things. So that one's pretty easy to displace. There was a little bit of uh, bowing, but like I said, I think there was a sense of irony to to the bows. I'm just saying when you got the titles. But I I think too, and I think obviously Mr. Sandstrom, you're underselling yourself here. Mm -hmm. But uh, as much work, and I've been out of the classroom for a while now in the school counseling office. What I don't have to do anymore is take a lot of work home. Like I, I, we take work home, I respond to emails, I do that, but I'm not grading papers, right? Um, I might be here for a scholarship work night from time to time, but what you guys do is taking everything home. And then when I hear you win these awards for these other things you're doing, often I'm like, 
Holy cow. I mean, I think Cheyenne Sandstrom might deserve an award too for for all the time and effort that you're putting in. I mean, because that has to be a ton of time outside of the classroom too, right? Because I mean, we see you teaching and you're working your tail off. So that's just a lot. It seems to me, that's what I think. I'm like, wow, that that is really going above and beyond because I mean, teaching is a full-time gig in itself and then doing these extra things. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's pretty darn cool. I, I think I, I counted it up last year. I realized that I had been teach or I had been in school as a student in every calendar year since 1995 because I went into kindergarten in 1995 and then I realized I went through 12 years of you know mm -hmm. pre pre-college I went through uh, five years of undergrad and then I let one semester slip or one year but in the next before the next calendar year was over I started my first master's then before I actually got my first master's I started my second master's so it's just always been kind of that way where I didn't consider that to be extra work I just kept doing it now I'm done with school I've I'm I'm a, I'm a recovering schoolaholic um, mm -hmm. so I'm now in the recovery phase I'm you know as they would say maybe four months uh, four months sober on that and so I uh, that's where I feel like I've kind of still continued to do some of these other things and so I really feel that um, I just love to learn and to, to figure out new things. And so that doesn't seem like work. You know, some people have hobbies where they do X, Y, or Z. You know, some people fish, some people hunt. Um, you know, Cheyenne definitely deserves some type of award oh, because, um, you know, just dealing with me, I always like to joke uh, with classes that if kids think it's bad spending an hour and a half with me, imagine having to spend 24 hours with me. Um, <laughs> that's bad enough. So um, she has to spend, you know, at least probably – 14 to 16 so that's you know, know she's a runner-up for toughest job on the planet yeah, yeah and I don't, you made a comment about you know the if you're in the top 10 to 25 teachers of CHS and it's funny you say that because when I came to Shadron High School I'd been at some other smaller schools and boy it just felt like you know you got recognition you felt really strong you felt like a a high quality teacher. And I remember coming to Shadron High as a teacher thinking, I don't even think I'm in the top 10 anymore. I mean, it was like the, the, the level of teaching. And I think parents know this, the alumni know this, but truthfully, unless you've been in some other school districts, um, uh, whether as a student or as a teacher, you might not know just the high quality that we have in the building. And I think for me, what kind of stands out different for you is, um, is the stuff you do in the summer that you've done on your own. And I know some of it has to do with classes and college classes and masters, and you get credits for that, but you've applied. And I know this because I sign off on a lot of different grants and I have done more letters of recommendation probably for you than any other teacher for these opportunities that you do in the summer. And that's the part I was hoping you could kind of, cause I'm going to get it wrong. Like the fellowships, like you've had an opportunity to spend how many summers in DC and then Tell us a little bit about the, those experiences, because that's I, what I think really put your name out there. And this was on your, your dime, your dollar, your time in the summer. So there's a lot to cover here. And as kids know, these things can get fairly long. So I, I, I'll try to be as brief as possible. I think what it all started with, I was going back to my master's, and I didn't know anything about any of these opportunities or fellowships or anything. And in about 2014, 
I was going to start my master's and I thought, okay, I want to find a way to help pay mm -hmm. for this. So I went and I searched for scholarships and it's a lot more difficult when you don't have a Mrs. Watson there guiding you towards exactly uh, scholarships yeah. that or are designed for you. Or grad school in general. Yeah. yeah there's and not it, a lot of money out there. Yeah. No, yeah. there's not. And so I somehow stumbled upon this uh, opportunity for something called the James Madison Fellowship. Mm -hmm. And I credit this one with being my, probably my most foundational thing that's probably ever happened to me as a teacher at least because I found this and it was going to pay me 24000 for my master's. And I thought, oh, this is fantastic. But right. the, the kicker was you had to have, they only gave one person per state per year uh, this award. So I had to, I, I wrote this up. I found out about it late. So I only had about uh, a month to apply, which I know that sounds like a long time for some of our students, but to refine, come right. up with all the materials. And uh, Anyways, I ended up getting uh, honorable mention. I had waited uh, months to hear about this, and I got a letter in the mail. I looked at Cheyenne. She goes, oh, it's from James Madison. I said, yeah. I, I dropped my head, and she said, well, what? what why are you uh, disappointed? I said, well, Small letter. <laughs> winners don't get envelopes. Yeah. And she just said, well, we'll open it. So it was honorable mention, which was very good, and I don't know if they send 100 of those out or what it is. You know, yeah. It can mean a lot of things. Well... The next year, I decided to reapply, and I doubled down on this. Uh, I, this is where I think uh, trying to lean on people who have taught you is so important. Yeah. Dr. Knight at the college proofread at least four or five times the essay. He would send back revisions. I would change it. He would send back revisions, and so we just went on with this. So I was prepared for this. I had it, and I got that in. Uh, I eventually um, was called about a package that would need to be delivered, and I thought, well, okay, I I need an Amazon package, but I don't know why right. they would send it to the school. So I go and I looked at the package and I grabbed it. I turned it and it said Ale 2124 Alexandria, Virginia. And I yeah. thought, oh. <laughs> and I just, I stood there in shock. Yeah. And so that was a big uh, move for me financially, of course, because yeah. we were a young family and, um, you know, starting out in teaching, we weren't making as much money. And so it was very nice financially, but it also turned into a big situation for me uh, because when I went to D.C., it was a month in Georgetown, they introduced us to all these different professional development seminars, grants, opportunities. Um, and so since then, I've been able to go to Gettysburg for a week, Colonial Williamsburg uh, Institute for a week, um, I went to France and Belgium through National History Day a few mm -hmm. years ago. Um, and all of these kids have always asked me, how in the world did you, you know, afford to do all these things? And that's where the solution to the problem mm -hmm. came in. Because I was tapped into this network, I knew how to apply for things. Mm -hmm. And I knew enough people in different areas that I could apply and successfully mm -hmm. get funding to go. So I've never had to ask the school for any mm -hmm. money to go do most of these specific programs, but I've been able to not also be able to afford that as yeah. well. So that's kind of the background of that. And then um, once you get into these different subsets of, mm -hmm. of groups, such as National History Day, Gilder Lehrman, or so forth, you can kind of end up knowing enough people where opportunities build on opportunities. Mm -hmm. And that it's, I mean, you know, they always say that it's not what you know, but who you know. That I think is false to a degree because you need mm -hmm. to know some things, but you also <laughs> need to know who to even contact right. in order to know what you need to do, where you need to go. So that's kind of the whole genesis yeah. of everything I've ever been able to do. That's why I think 
that most people don't know is the time that you spend out on the East Coast on the, well, there's the, because I, I just remember the James, did you get that first fellowship while you were in Colorado, teaching in Colorado? Yeah, so I was the, the teacher in Colorado in 2015. That was the original start, and then it's just, I've just noticed how since then, like, you get another opportunity to go and, and through funding, or your, but it still takes your own time, and, and you got... This is a guy who also coaches football and coaches basketball. And so, I mean, you run into summer camps and all those things, too. But you'd be out for a month one time, and you were out um, at the Monticello and Gettysburg. And I just remember, like, those experiences, what I saw was it all comes back to the classroom then. And, and you get to see, like, like in your room, you actually see you in photos and in front of these places and, and um, the different opportunities. And then what what was the, the World War um was it World War II? Uh, the, it was, was the, the it was called experience? the Memorializing the Fallen program through uh, National History Day, and it was with World War One, and that's okay. where we had um, oh, traveled yeah, to Belgium right. and to France and uh, essentially got yeah. to, we researched local soldiers um, who had ultimately fallen and then were buried in France and yeah. did a eulogy at the gravesite. So we created yeah. a few resources for National History Day through that. And then it just gets to the point where who else has that on their resume, you know? And, and so some of the recognition, like the um, yesterday, um, we received notes. It's on Facebook. It's on the school blog, um, Twitter. Seeing, so check it out. Um, was a recognition for a teacher of excellence in history for Nebraska. And it's one of those where who else has that resume that you've built because of all these little pieces that you know it started with that one big piece. And then it just, you kind of added a piece, added a piece, added a piece. And it's, it's been a lot that you've done on your time. But it's just easy to see, you know, in your classroom that um, you can connect the stories with the actual location, the, the, the depth of knowledge you've gained from all these experiences, too. So it's just, for us, I, I know it's been a blessing just that all of that comes back into the classroom. And that's, and we know other teachers do other experiences, too, with trainings. But it just to do it summer after summer the way you did, I think, is what has really stacked up for you. Well, I think that it's it's getting harder now, especially as we're right. It's uh, last year we weren't able to do anything because of coronavirus, but this summer uh, it's getting difficult because of uh, because of having young children. It yeah. just doesn't facilitate that. So I think I, I was very fortunate to at least be able to create a lot of opportunities early on when we were young yeah. and. Um, unencumbered by uh, children. Mm -hmm. But one thing I to speak to the idea of it happening in the classroom, uh, I have a student teacher this semester, and I spoke to him about, uh, he said, wow, you've been everywhere. And I said, that's the trick, because <laughs> I haven't been everywhere. There's a lot of places I haven't been. But if I'm talking about medieval France or medieval yeah. Europe, I have been to the Notre Dame yeah. a few times. So I can point out things from the Notre Dame that might interest students or, you know, pique some imagination. Um, whereas, you know, it's just like with anything, if you have a few very strong examples that you're super passionate about, mm -hmm. you have a better chance of inciting passion for it in someone else, as opposed to if mm -hmm. you just have a semi-passion or just kind of this blanket overall understanding of a time period or a concept that you don't really care that much about. And so I essentially find things obviously you know there's teaching the whole curriculum and trying to have that understanding but there's that real importance of you know here's some things that I really care about I've done and yeah look hey here's me mm -hmm. um, 
posing with Thomas Jefferson yeah. <laughs> here, um, like the student and students will even um, take a picture with a Thomas Jefferson statue because it's a running joke in my class. Yeah. I've taken a, a selfie with every Thomas Jefferson statue. Also, Cheyenne has taken some pictures, uh, which <laughs> is highly embarrassing for her, um, especially downtown Rapid City when we're posing with yeah. uh, George Washington or something. And uh, But students have taken that on and actually sent me photographs. So I do think that that makes it yeah. a little bit more real. And uh, I always say that I... Um, I keep my pocket no. constitution on me all the time <laughs> and not for any specific purpose, but for just the understanding of, I've always thought that if you're not willing to be the biggest history nerd in the room, then why would anyone else feel comfortable with being themselves, with examining and trying to learn no. and push past boundaries if you're not willing to kind of show some vulnerability on that and what you don't know and what you'd like to know. And so I, I like to put it out there on a poster that I am and no one could want, you know, to be a bigger, you know, nerd. They might be a smarter nerd. I'll guarantee that mm -hmm. we have smarter students than me, but not anyone's going to just love it as much. So that's what I try to do mm -hmm. for class. I like how when you talk about in every class, there's like the World War II airplane kid or the <laughs> the expert at, at any one given thing. And you often tell me and they know more about that than I do or, you know. Oh, absolutely. I, that has to be fun for those kids, though, to be able to come in with that information and, like, try to one-up you. I remember when I, I student taught or did some observation under Linda Drinkwalter when I was in college and who mm -hmm. was an amazing math teacher for us. And I remember the kids sitting there trying to – she'd always have a running bet if they could catch a mistake from her on the board, they would get some extra credit points. And so mm -hmm. they would just be trying to catch – so I bet that's really fun for kids to come in with mm -hmm. you, like, hey, I might know something you don't or did you know. Yeah, absolutely. There's always some – uh, student that'll be waiting in the wings and you know if 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 someone asks a question about I don't know say like uh, World War II aircraft like you said there's somebody I'll just say Tommy what is it because I don't know the answer yeah. I don't know um, minute details about you know the inner workings of uh, I heard a professor call it rivet counters one time where they're the people who mm. know every detail about a ship and how that mm -hmm. ship might and its components might ultimately affect the impact of the battle i'm more concerned with maybe the larger you know meanings of the situation or what it caused or what it led to but i love if, if that's what hooks somebody in mm -hmm. is is how many rivets there are on the ship or how high an airplane can fly or how many bombs it can drop. Yeah, like you said, they then they can tell me and feel good. And I'll guarantee, you know, I, kids are usually surprised when I tell them that my ACT score is not nearly as high as they, you know, I guess think it would be. You know, I said I bet half of you guys have a higher ACT score in this room. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I hope that shows them that, you know, really anybody, if as long as you have an interest in something, can, can be good at something you know, whatever that is. Well, and I think it's kind of like a moral of the story for what I, what I want to help kids and what we do with kids and talk to them about. For one thing, for sure, you didn't get in the first time, right? Well, I'm hearing this story and I didn't actually know that till right now. And I thought I knew the whole James Madison story, but I didn't. You got told no the first time, like pat on the back. Honorable mention is nothing but pat on the <laughs> back, right? Yeah. It didn't come no, with money that, or a trip or. It was a, it was a pretty big moment. Uh, for me, because I, I remember it still, and I know of people um, who applied to James Madison six times 
or so. Mm -hmm. And so my story is minor compared to theirs. Um, But yeah, it was kind of a moment where I was a little bit taken aback because I hadn't lost a lot, you know, through high school sports. Mm -hmm. You know, we were always good. You know, I, I remember I only got turned down for a few things and I thought, okay, well, you got to try harder. And so I, I doubled down and I always wonder what would have happened if I would have got another no, if I would have gotten back on the horse again mm-hmm. and again, you know, um, but I'm glad that I didn't have to <laughs> well, because I yeah. also started um, after I was turned away. I didn't wait until the next year to apply. I just started classes at CSC. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted the funding, but I said, you know what? It doesn't matter. I still want to do that. So I, I, you know, went, just foregoed that. And I just went and started the master's and I was nine credits in when I got to start. So it worked out. It just reminds me a lot. You know, I tell the seniors all the time, you're going to hear no a heck of a lot more than you hear yes. And if that discourages you, then your chances of ever hearing yes, just go mm-hmm. minute. And I have a lot of students who tell me things like, oh, I want to travel or I want to take a year and save up money and travel. And I don't think, I don't think the, for, for students or parents or anybody who hasn't traveled probably as much as you, I don't think they understand like how much financial backing it really takes to go to France, to go to Germany, to go these places. Um, But you can do it and you can do it in any, probably not any career, but a lot of careers. Education is one of those careers that we're not having a lot of kids go into, but if you work hard and if you're okay with hearing no and you're good at what you do, there are some amazing opportunities. And I would imagine, and I know for a fact in business, it's the same um, in a lot mm-hmm. of different areas in engineering and all these different um, areas. But uh, you, you have to be willing to put yourself out there a lot of different times in a lot of different ways. And then opportunities will come more so than saying just, you know, I have kids all the time. I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys do too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I want to take a year off and travel. It's like, well, that's great. Right. I hope that you have that trust fund to go do that because I don't. Right. I would have to do like an AmeriCorps and serve. Right. And I think about all these different opportunities. For you, it was teaching and then James Madison. It could be AmeriCorps that leads to getting to know somebody mm-hmm. in the right field that leads to more travel or military or a job in business and engineering that leads to, or we have non non-destructive metal testers yeah. that yeah, we got go around the world that got a two-year degree. But yeah. it was like, being willing to put yourself out there to get a skill and then refine that skill to get good enough to get some awards or some um, partnerships that go places. I don't know. I just think it's cool that not, not, I don't think everyone always understands like the steps there. And we haven't even talked about the wanderlust um, that you sponsor you and Mrs. Pow Pow and those travels. You've been to Greece and in other areas too in Europe. And my two cents, I've traveled more North America. I mean, I've done some overseas or out of the country, but a lot of North American stuff and, um, one thing I know, like getting out and seeing things, it's it that spurs my interest for history more than anything else. Like because the history here in this area is only a couple hundred years old, you know. And you you try like, oh my gosh, you know, out on the East Coast, the history's so much older. And I can't imagine like ancient Greece and those and or China and some. It's just it's just a, it, to me that's what opened my mind. And for me, I had to be an adult to appreciate it. And I just like in the classroom. And I know that's still hard to recreate the, you know, but you've got the photos, which is very more, far more interactive, I guess, than just a textbook. Um, But trying to get that interest going and that's, for me, history was so boring. I I know who, I don't know who has the highest ACT in this particular room, but I'm pretty sure I know who has the lowest. (laughs) But it's one of those where as a kid, I didn't appreciate it. And as an adult, it took me longer than 
um, than you as far as figuring out that interest of, God, there is a bigger world out there. And then that kind of all of a sudden the history behind it becomes more fascinating to me. There's a lot of things with this. And so I'm going to forget. I'll come back. There's an example of like things building on and the steps in the process I want to do. But it was also the same reason I wanted to create the history through film class was because I used to go to Mr. Movies. I know students oh, might I not. I miss Blockbuster <laughs> and Mr. Movies. Back in the day when there was uh, Friday video, night video rental um, uh, instead of streaming. But what we would do, um, or what I would do, is I had scoured the um, history, um, war, everything mm -hmm. section, oh, and I had watched everything. Yeah. Um, and you know, there's so many limitations to movies. It's entertainment. It's yeah. it's done for that. But I also think you can learn a heck, learn a lot about um, yeah. what you're trying to do and build interest. You know, because not everybody can always afford um, to travel, especially at a young age. I had done very little traveling because, you know, I was in mm -hmm. sports. So when was I going to travel in the summer? I played baseball and mm -hmm. you know. But towards the end of about when I went to college, my mom started to gravitate more towards uh, traveling. And then that's continued for me. And so every time I've seen a place physically and, and interacted with it, it just, I don't know, it makes me more interested. So that is important. And it's why I kind of thought that the film issue was good. Because if you can't travel somewhere, you, right. could, you could bring it to life. My parents made a very questionable choice to take me to Gladiator when it came out. Oh, um, one in, of the best in, movies of all time. In 1998. Though which, so I was a nine-year-old watching um, <laughs> Blood and Gore. That's the only questionable part. The movie itself was yeah. fantastic. So I went through that, and I loved it. And, you know, there's probably some deep-seated reason that Roman, uh, my son, has his name, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. and it could have started with that. I don't know if it did exactly, although Cheyenne and I have also been there. So we've kind of mm -hmm. experienced that together. But also, to your point, this is one example of how one small decision built on a whole line of things. So I was in Durango in 2017 with my family and I got an email from National History Day. Would you like to take, or would you like to apply to take a class for free? And you know, I thought, well, there's no sense in not taking it. It was gonna be a three hour graduate credit. I could, you know, get the classes. It would help me in a lot of ways. So I thought, okay, I'll take that. I applied. I was fortunate enough. I didn't have to write anything, so it was no effort. I don't know how I was picked. Maybe mm -hmm. I was the only person who was re <laughs> replying to emails over the summer. No idea what it took. It wasn't me I, that I can, anything I can think of. Then I took the class, and midway through, the class wasn't overly arduous. It was mostly kind of reading, doing some forum posts. Well, eventually, I they asked me if they could highlight my work for like a student example because some people were struggling so I said yes and that worked well later there was the opportunity to do the uh, World War One trip mm. and I applied and the lady almost told me that one of the main reasons I probably was selected was sh the same lady who asked me to use my work as an example was the lady doing the selecting so I had an in and I would say, personally, at that time, my resume was not strong enough to compete mm -hmm. with some of the other teachers that I was competing against. But it was that inside track that I had gained by replying to an email that ultimately got me in. Then, you fast forward to later, they've asked, they asked some people who are on that trip to go to uh, what's called the National Conference for the Social Studies in D.C., which was canceled, of course, this last year. 
but they offered to pay and have me fly out to do that. Then this last opportunity with National History Day was selected by mm -hmm. the same people who did the World mm -hmm. War One. So it's one of those things of it. I think it points to your example of if you're building relationships, um, and that's one thing I wish students would kind of understand. I know it's tough at 17, 18 mm -hmm. to think about how much that your teachers or administrators can help you. Um, but you need to be willing to kind of demonstrate your own work ethic to try yeah. and then take the first steps yourself um, to do that. And so I, that one small example, replying to an email somehow leads me mm -hmm. to this work with the Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. And it's not a straight line, but I, I feel like I would have never even had the opportunity if I hadn't have, you know, right. it's a, just a fortunate set of events. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, I'm proud of you and, and uh, promoting you, and I've told you this, that I know you're uncomfortable with it, but promoting you promotes our school and it promotes the opportunities for our students. And, and we've got a whole lot of other teachers, too, in the building that just do amazing things, just absolutely amazing things. And it's, it's always fun to hear feedback from students. And you mentioned a little bit, like, students will send you pictures. I mean, that's the thing about this profession. You get those kind of rewards later, the students who have graduated and left, and you just get sometimes they kind of they reach out and and uh remind you of some little thing from from high, the high school years but well and let me add to this if we haven't already that mr mack is our, is also up for an award this year what? that we're crossing our fingers for uh, mr mack is nominated in 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 the candidacy for uh, high school principal of the year for the state of nebraska so Son of a gun. we will knock on wood See, mr you sandstrom paved the way both yes, of you we mr sandstrom and i high school um, counselor know the year. what it feels like to be told no at the end of that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Mr. Sandstrom was is um, the Nebraska High School History Teacher of the yeah. Year. Still reigning, aren't you? They haven't selected a new one yet. They, you, they, they? No, they had one last year oh, because okay. um, in 2020, um, so mine was 2019. 2019. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, they had the Remote Teacher of the Year. How did they do that one? That's a good question. <laughs> so right? We haven't figured that out. Yet. We're hoping Mr. Mack will be yeah. the. It would be the 2020 then. Yeah. Um, Nebraska high school teacher, but e or high school principal of the year. But even if he's not, um, he is in a small pool of principals. Like mm -hmm. Mr. Sandstrom was in a really small pool of of teachers, not just history teachers, but just teachers in the, in Nebraska. So that was very neat. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, I failed you today. I, I noticed I we failed were in the waves over there. Yes, Darn yes, it. we were in the waves. We didn't get any waves, any high fives <laughs> on Instagram. So I feel a little defle yeah. deflated no on that. Problem. Um, thanks for coming on though, Mike, and kind of sharing your story and, and I, so you have a student teacher this semester and I know you got to slip out because you're, this is what we do. You're covering for another teacher here in about five minutes and taking over a class. Is it math? What is the subject? Is it world history? What well, it's, I, I, I believe it's for Mr. McLean. I don't know if it's algebra two or world geography. I'm not sure what he has this block. But I'm kind of uh, trembling, uh, fearing, you know, the math option. I was I mean, say, I'm offended if yeah. you did not ask me to cover uh, his Algebra I'm, 2 section this I, block. I know. Like, I think it's world learned. history, maybe. I, I'm a little bit nervous or, for that, though, because of, uh, you know, I took Algebra 2 with Mr. Mac in That's that true. same room. And it just, you know, <laughs> I've been shaking ever since, you know, yeah, uh, just right. trembling in the math fears. That'd be good. You need to go in there just full guns blazing and just put like a quadratic equation on the board and just scare them. It's like, hey, hey well, whatever was planned, here's the new, here's the new. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how arduous it is, but I, I do know that I'm 
you know, really going to be excited to get in there and maybe mess a few things up that McLean <laughs> is carefully, you know, he's yeah. done plenty to, you know, try to botch yeah. everything, but that's a whole separate topic for <laughs> another day. McLean's uh, shenanigans with yeah. me. So uh, I hope they continue. So, all right, we better, better wrap this up so we can get into you're the man. Get you to the classroom. End yeah. of you story. You're the man. Yeah. Congrats. Congratulations. Uh, yesterday, then. So we had the the Library Congress contributing teacher was a week ago. Yesterday was the history Nebraska of excellence of excellence um, for the year. So yeah, congratulations on that, and I, I hope you allow me to continue to promote. Yep. Even though it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm not asking for your permission. I'm <laughs> just gonna make you feel real uncomfortable in my in my promotional. Fair enough. Okay, Thank deal. <laughs> um, I want to do relate one thing um, before we hit end on this. Um, it really reminded me as you were talking about your James Madison experience. We have had um, National Honor Society round yeah. just go by um, and applications are just due and as always about half of the kids who apply get in on every we have two rounds a year um, but I, I actually talked to a parent on the phone just before I got here I just want to encourage kids like and parents sometimes we have more parents listening to the Cardinal cast on the podcast on iTunes and we do kids but that is one of those examples probably a lot like James Madison all the kids who apply for National Honor Society are exceptional they're all exceptional. Um, and it just takes uh, um, concentrated effort in some community service and some leadership that sometimes kids don't always have the first time they apply. And so hearing no sometimes is not a bad thing. It, it refocuses you, I think, in a way that when you did your James Madison and then had it when you were talking about re-editing. Um, I want to make sure that people, when we hear no, or my seniors with scholarships, no is not always a bad thing. It might close the door on an opportunity, but you might have a chance to edit, revise, revamp, concentrate, um, and then more opportunities open up. So like National Honor Society, if you hear no, apply again. Take the feedback. Be, you know, take it to heart. Talk to somebody. Talk to your teachers. Definitely apply again. Well, um, I think your words were you doubled down. Mm -hmm. You yep. doubled down. So double down. Work harder. Yep, I know. I think I just uh, wanted to correlate yeah. that because I had NHS and, and senior scholarships on the Very brain good. anyway. So, all, all right. right. That's all I got for the good of the order. All right. See you next week. Bye.